Welcome to the Fresh Fiction Podcast. My name is Gwen Reyes. And I'm Danielle Jackson-Dresser. This is a podcast where we talk about what we're reading, watching, and listening to. Well, this week we're going to the chapel. We're talking about pop culture weddings and having a chat with best-selling author Mia Sosa about her new rom-com, The Wedding Crasher. We also go over our goals from last episode, set new ones, and share what's been bringing us comfort lately. Yay! All right. Well, Danielle, always a pleasure to see you. Of course. Yes. <laughs> how are you feeling this week? You've been, um, I know that there's been a lot going on, but how are you yes. feeling? This past week was spring break um, for my daughter. So she mm-hmm. has been home. And, but also I finally started to go through, like I said this last time, but I finally actually started working on my book two revisions. Um, and it's been fun. It's been fun. Like being back in the world. Um, it's so interesting. So many people, so many authors, I should say, talk about the difference between book one and book two. The difference is like book one, you, you, and perhaps your agent. And if you have critique partners, but mainly you work so hard on that Mm -hmm. first book and you're writing it by yourself really, you know, and then, I mean, there were some updates and things that they asked me to look through for when the book, when we signed with Berkeley, but, um, it's like book two, all of a sudden, even though I had written it, it was like, there was way more input from the mm, start. More people really. too. Yeah. yeah. And more people. So it has been interesting, but I'm, I'm really excited about some of the changes that are being made. Um, and also, you know, and then also like things that I didn't necessarily want to change, but then like talking through it with my editor, her name is mm-hmm. Liz. She's awesome. Talking to her about it made me think, okay, no, actually I do need to like re-explain X, Y, and Z to make A, B, and C make sense, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, so that was actually really interesting. So, um, so yeah, so now that I've kind of worked through some of the changes that I do want to make and some of the updates and, and just like different ways of like moving the story forward, Mm -hmm. I'm having fun kind of reworking on stuff. So, so yes, that's really cool. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, it was spring break. It felt like winter in <laughs> Chicago land. It snowed mm-hmm. this week, which is oh my cool. goodness. <laughs> um, but yeah, so but yeah, we've had a we've had a lot of fun. So so yeah, it's been a, there's been a lot going on, but also it's been fun. So I love how about that. you? How's it going? Oh my god, this has been <laughs> these last two weeks have been so chaotic. I feel like I could just say that all about March now that May now that April is yeah we're full, we're starting in April and it's no longer March. I was like March was a beating of a month. Yes. But, it was. Um, but I feel chaotic yet empowered because I've had a whole bunch, I had a bunch of really big projects at work this week on things that like technology, I didn't know and Mm. had to really just like figure out on the go and and do well. Mm -hmm. Um, and just lots of work drama in general, but I was thrilled to survive it and I finished it and knock on wood. I won't have to like do other things next week, but it was just like, it was just crazy to feel so chaotic. And then by Friday, I feel like, oh, huh, I survived it. That's nice. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's a really good feeling. That's really yeah. good. Cool. So what has been one good thing that you've achieved this week? Um, so like I mentioned, it was spring break. Mm-hmm. We did not go anywhere. Like there's like a, a pocket of people who did not go anywhere. I feel like everyone else like left. Yeah. <laughs> um, cause it's probably the first spring break where people feel comfortable enough True. to do so. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, no, we decided just to stay and we didn't go anywhere. This was kind of, this will be like a taste of what the summer will be like with me going into the bookshop. Oh, good point. So I, we are going to put my, our daughter in like in a summer camp for most of the summer, like a day camp or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, I know like my parents and hopefully my in-laws will want to like take her for, so she's not just constantly, you know, she has, so yeah. she even has a break from the day to day of summer day camp. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like one day this week she went to my parents' house or my mom came over and then they, I think they actually did go to their house. My parents live very close to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and they came back. So they just hung out. And then another day, my husband had decided to take off a couple of days this week anyway. So they hung out and had like a day. So that was really fun. Yeah. And so, so we survived that. But the big thing we did just yesterday is we decided to go to the movies. Oh, Um, cool. And it was there. I think there were like seven people in the movie theater. So that was great. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and we went to one of those movie theaters where you can get like actual food yeah. um, during. So we like, we did it. It was in the middle of the day and we went and saw Encanto <gasps> on the big screen. Oh, my And it was goodness. pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. Was, it was pretty awesome. Ivy was singing the entire time, Aww. which is how she is anyway, even at home. Um, and yeah, it was a lot of fun and it was, it was pretty awesome. I was like, I mean, I mean, I'm a fan of Encanto. It has gotten to the point that it's like, it's just the constant soundtrack in the background uh-huh. it's your life. Of, of my life, yep. but seeing it on the big screen was act was really cool. Yeah, so yeah, of I think those, that's her. Of all yeah. those little pieces that you can't see when you're watching it on even your home screen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was just, yeah, it was really cool. It was really, it was really fun. So I'm glad we got to do that. I'm glad. And we, and we felt comfortable enough to do so. And like I said, I mean, we were the, I think it was, I think it was like three different families that were Uh kind of all there. So maybe there were more than seven people, whatever. Um, and like everyone, we just like everyone just spread out and it was, it was really nice. So I love it. That, How about you? Such a nice cap for yeah. spring break. Yeah. So um, for me, I got a promotion at work. That's so amazing. Following the chaos that was March uh, yeah. and, and like all of the imposter syndrome that comes with like feeling like you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I, the, one of the members, the, the team member who I replaced briefly when mm-hmm. I got this job, she came back from maternity leave and now she's leaving again because mm-hmm. she's taking a new position at another company. And so- okay. Um, the other event planner and I have now become senior event planners and awesome. no longer, it's like, it's so funny to think of in the last year, I've had three job titles Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what I am anymore. I have no idea. So I'm just, you know, here, but I'm excited about my new, about this That's new great. role and everything. Congratulations. Back to doing events. Yeah. Um, yeah. that's so funny that you bring up job titles. Cause at one point, I did. So I did, I did an event at Anderson's earlier this month. I'm like looking at my calendar. Cause I still have not changed my calendar to, <laughs> to April yet. Yeah, yeah. No, it's earlier this month, we did an event with Saba Tahir, the YA author and her new book, all my rage, which is amazing. Everyone should read it. Let me make a note to put that in show notes. Yes, please do. Yeah. It's really good. Um, but anyway, I was showing my boss, Ginny, um, I was like, here's the intro I put together. What do you think? And she's like, we'll change it from an event coordinator to 
at Anderson's to the event coordinator. I was like, well, you're the other one. And she's like, no, I'm the director of events and you're the event coordinator. And she's like, do you know why I'm the director of events? Cause I made up that title. She's like, call <laughs> yourself whatever you want. I'm like, I'm going to be assistant director of events. Um, no, I'm Ooh. kidding. I'm just, no, I'm just going to be event coordinator. Okay. But anyway. I was like, yes, do it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. No, it's really funny. Um, but yeah, no, that's amazing. Congratulations Thank you. on your promotion. I love yes. that. So we'll see in six months what my new role is. <laughs> I mean, it's good to be recognized. That's really awesome yeah. that they promoted both of you. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, promoted both of us. That was announced yesterday. So I was so excited for Mackenzie because she's been yeah. there a lot longer than me. And I was mm-hmm. like, you need, she needed the the bigger position. So yeah, no, that's awesome. <laughs> I am thrilled. Yeah. Well, that brings us, um, you know, from work to, uh, sometimes you meet your love at work. Sometimes. Did you meet? Oh, I guess we'll get into that. I don't think either of us met our partners at work or work Mm -mm. functions. So this wouldn't really work, but, um, you do tend to invite your coworkers to weddings. That's true. All these things. But today's topic is weddings, pop culture, weddings, our own weddings. Um, do we love hate weddings? Uh, (laughs) All, all weddings all the time. If you yeah. think it was June by how much wedding we're talking about. <laughs> I know. Well, we are talking about weddings because of our guest later in this episode is Mia Sosa and her mm-hmm. new rom-com is called The Wedding Crasher. And it, it at least starts at a wedding. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's talk. About, I mean, I think I said this in the interview, but weddings bring out the best and worst in everyone involved. I don't know why they're so stressful. They're so stressful, but they're also very fun. Mm-hmm. I think they're very fun when it's not your wedding. That's yeah. <laughs> terrible, but I think that's very true. I would never want to, I would, I either would like to plan my wedding all over again and do it mm-hmm. all over with like the right kind of knowledge, or I never, ever, ever want to plan my wedding ever again. <laughs> I just, I remember before I was married and I was in a couple of weddings and mm-hmm. I just remember at both of the brides whose weddings I was in at some point, they're just like, we're not, we're eloping, like we're canceling everything who cares about the money Mm -hmm. we've already paid. We're eloping. And I just, I remember being like, what is the big deal? You know, like it's a wedding. And then I remember planning mine and I was like, yep. Yeah. We should have eloped. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I, in fact, I know like three couples who eloped, not even during the pandemic, it was like pre-pandemic. Yeah. And they just were like, yeah, we're not doing that. And they just, yeah, it was like them and their parents. And that was it. And I was like, oh, a dream. I know. (laughs) I know. It was when I was growing up, my mom was always like, when you have it, because I loved, I loved like Mm -hmm. all kinds of wedding stuff. I loved wedding magazines, like all those things. And, um, she was like, well, when you get married, you're going to, you're either going to, you're going to elope. And I was like, oh, okay, no problem. Like, that sounds great. Just me and my husband. And she's <laughs> like, no. And starts listing off like yeah. all of these people that have to come to the elopement. And I was like, oh, so a small wedding. So okay. it's a wedding. Again, so yes. a small wedding. So you're Understood. having a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, let's talk about our wedding. Our weddings. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll go first. Cause we'll go in like chronological order. Perfect. But yeah, I got married in 2013 it was the height of the Pinterest wedding. Like, oh my God. There were a lot. I mean, I didn't, we didn't have mason jars at our wedding, but to give you an idea, like that's when like everything needed to be in a mason jar uh-huh. and everything had to be like some aspect of your wedding had to be DIY. Yes. Um, And it was also 
it was like, it was right before, it was like right around when people started having wedding websites. And I just Uh thought that was really annoying. And to be quite honest, I still think they're very annoying. Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) And so we didn't have one, but it was almost like, I remember even mentioning like, to my mother and my mother-in-law being like, you know, well, we, I'm like, I don't know. Do we really need a wedding website? And they were like, what are you talking about? What do you mean a wedding website? Like you're still sending out invitations. I was like, no, like, but people could RSVP online if they wanted, you know, it was just, it was a whole thing trying to explain that. And then like cut to a few years later, my brother getting married and it being like, oh, they have a website. It's so cool. And I remember mm-hmm. being like, real okay. Uh, <laughs> But so, okay. So, but the big thing that I did that was as a result of the Pinterest wedding fad was I made all of my flowers. Oh, neat. Out of paper. I made, and they were, it was out of just like white computer paper Mm -hmm. and our printer paper, I should say. And also book pages. Cause I had a bunch of like books. Um, and like art review copies and stuff that I just had access to because I was still working at Sourcebooks at the time. Um, yeah, so that that was like the big thing. But I mean, it saved us a ton of money. Uh-huh. I mean, I did. That's all I did for that entire summer. We got married in November. So that entire summer before all I did was like cut out flower petals and hot glue them together. Um, <laughs> would you ever do that again? I would. I didn't. I liked that. I okay. liked it. And then we we still have some like throughout our house like they're just like in vases everywhere and I like my bouquet like my bouquet it's not like I have like dried sad looking flowers now they're just dusty because I have not put them in a shadow box so I like shake them out every few yeah right (laughs) or whatever um but yeah like so yeah they'll never go bad we'll always have those I'm trying to think what was oh and then the other thing we did was for our table numbers we put we like took wine label like we made our own wine label and put them on there but we had to take off like taking off wine labels yeah. is like the most tedious process and it's like you have it's like you boil the water and you use rubbing alcohol and the whole thing it was so annoying yeah I'm sure someone has invented something that makes it so much easier now um <laughs> but it was a lot um but yeah I mean it was still it was still fun but I mean there's just so much and I always maintain and this every time I know someone getting married I tell them like no matter how calm and collected and like organized you try to be you will forever be labeled a bridezilla even if you are the nicest person in the world yes. because you have to make all these decisions and you have to say yes or no and you say no to like you know your great aunt who you haven't seen in seven years and you're all of a sudden you're the worst person in the world. Yeah. Um, and it's just, and it's just going to happen. So I was like, so just be ready with that and make sure it's your day. Um, because you can, and, and, and at least you'll have pictures, how you want them to look, Mm -hmm. (laughs) even if if it's all chaos behind it, the, the pictures will look nice. Um. Absolutely. What was the most important thing for you to have at your wedding? Mm, it was really, so I don't know. I will say it was really important to us that we like, you know how weddings can quickly devolve into like your, your family inviting everyone they know. Uh-huh. Yes. And so we were, that was something from the start where we were just like, have I ever met this person? Mm -hmm. No. Okay. Then they're not coming or 
have you spoken to this person in the last three years? Like actually spoken to them? No. Okay. They're not coming. Like, so we, and we really divvied up our, our, our list. I think it, I mean, it really was like a third of it was like one side of the family the other side of the family. And then a solid third was like our friends. Oh, good. Um, because we wanted it to be like a party. Oh, and then we were also very meticulous about the music at our wedding. Mm-hmm. Because we wanted it to be fun. We also wanted people to get up and dance the entire time. And so like our, we talked with our DJ and he was down for this, but we had almost all, it was all just like Motown, like sixties and seventies, like just really great R and B awesome music you could move to. And that is what happened. And then like, eventually, you know, he played like the Cupid shuffle and like, you know, all of like the, the, and the electric slide and the things that get people on the dance floor. But for the most part, it was like songs that like everyone there would know, or at least enjoy listening to. Mm -hmm. So that's such a big, such a big deal. Yeah. Oh, and then the other thing is we did, we did go on our honeymoon. I think we, we waited a day. Like we got married on a Saturday, that Sunday we opened gifts and had like a brunch. And then that Monday, like we were like, we are going on our honeymoon. So that was fun. Oh, that's so cool. I still have not gone on my honeymoon. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You're not the first person to say that to me. (laughs) I know people who got married before you who haven't gone on a honeymoon, which is wild. Um, But yeah, let's talk about your wedding. Yeah. So we got married in in April of 2019, which is so funny to think about. Like if it's just been one year later, Mm -hmm. our date would have, you know, it would have been canceled, like just a whole different world would have just one year different. Um, but we got married in Virginia in the mountains. It was absolutely beautiful. It was small. I I like to call it a pre pandemic wedding, even though it was like pandemic wedding size. We only had 36 people come. It was just, it was just our, um, my side, my mom's side of the family, my, uh, cliff side of the family, some of my dad's side of the family couldn't really make it from Puerto Rico and from Florida, Mm -hmm. but, um, and then like, yeah, some of Cliff's family members. And then, a handful of friends, my best friend and mm-hmm. her mom and dad. Um, and it was just like so great. Cause it was all the people I loved and wanted to see. Cause we had the similar mission when making our guest list, which was like, if you hadn't spent time with us as a couple, we yeah. weren't inviting you. Cause it, it didn't really, like we had, when we came back to Texas, we had like a dinner where we invited like some of his cohort, his colleagues and my other local friends. So they couldn't come to the actual wedding, but um, it was just to make it as small and intimate as possible. And it was yeah. outside, which I loved. That's I didn't, awesome. Cause my whole thing is like, I don't have a decorate. I don't have like a decorator's eye. Like I just mm-hmm. don't have the visualization for that. I like things that are just clean and like, it was very green and gold and nature and trees and all that. It was just like what we were going for. And so yeah. I didn't want to have to decorate. And so picking this location was like perfect. Cause the place just looked so beautiful without having to do any work. Yeah. I was also 40 minutes late to my to my wedding <laughs> because our best man forgot me up at the top of the hill and he like yeah he was worried about forgetting the ring and like all mm-hmm. these other things and he was supposed to come back up after he dropped cliff off to come back and get me to bring oh back to gosh. the to the chapel and uh we were just sitting there and so eventually my sister-in-law came and got me and she's like hey sorry about that because really like they funny. took my phone away so I couldn't tell anybody I, I was mm-hmm. you know just working on up to the last minute as always working on my vows <laughs> <laughs> writing them, handwriting them, trying to make it so it was legible so I could read it. And yeah. um, but it was, yeah, it was so beautiful. And for us, we had, it was right as the last season of Game of Thrones. So it was called The Green Wedding. 
Um, and <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about the red wedding a little later. Yeah. Um, but we had it called the green wedding and did like a little game of Thrones vibe with it. But then also we're both really into music and to bands. And so our, uh, I love for our names for the name plates and stuff, it was mm-hmm. tickets. So everybody That's got cute. a little concert ticket that they could take to their seat. And, mm-hmm. um, that was like one of the elements that I really, really loved. Yeah, it's just it was just so much fun. And it was in one of our favorite places, which I think for me, because like that day is so chaotic and mm-hmm. leading up to it is so emotional and painful and happy. And just like you're you're living in this sort of like bipolar experience for however long you're engaged yeah. in planning a wedding. And then to just finally just to have it on that day, and you're just like, oh, it's relaxing. So I just wanted those people that. I knew I was going to be okay to have conversations with, because I also knew I wanted to talk to everybody that came to my wedding. Mm-hmm. And that's like something you just can't always do when you have a huge wedding. You can't yeah. make sure that everyone feels as special as you feel that they came mm-hmm. to say hi to you. Having to like coordinate a destination wedding is a challenge, but now it's like all I ever think about. I'm like, I don't I think it's so much more fun to plan a destination wedding. Yeah. To, you have to like get all your stuff shipped there and like um, deal with cakes. Cause we ordered our cake in, we had a milk bar cake. Mm. So I had to have that like shipped overnight. So it was just all the little fun things of sort of making it the way you want to make it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's fun. Okay. So let's switch gears a bit. Um, and talk about weddings in the media. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know how I want this conversation to go, (laughs) but I put, I was just like thinking about it because they are such a big thing. Yeah. And it's like every show or not every movie, but like every show has them. Mm -hmm. I feel like, and a lot of, you know, a lot of romantic movies also include them in some way or like allude to them in some way. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, could we just talk a bit about, like, how they've changed over the years and also, like, their effect on actual weddings and how Mm, that changes mm -hmm. things. So the first thing that popped into my head when you were talking about that Mm -hmm. was uh, Edward and Bella when they got married in Twilight. And I know, I know this is terrible. And I'm only doing this because, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, there was one wedding season where I went to, like, two or three weddings Mm -hmm. that year. And all of them, all song. of them, Danielle had that song that they danced to mm-hmm. and another song from Twilight that they definitely pulled from that movie. Oh yeah. And I was like, this is, this is the, this is influence. This is what, even though it may not be what we want to be experiencing because it's terrible. It's like, yeah. wow, this really made such an impact on these I mean, that Christina, that Christina Perry song though mm-hmm. is like, the perfect wedding song like it really is like my my brother I think my sister-in-law walked down the aisle to that song and she is like not she does not care about Twilight in the slightest like I don't believe she read the books maybe she had Erica if you're listening tell me if I'm wrong um (laughs) but I don't believe she read the books or even saw really like consciously went to go see the movies but she was just like I mean I and I remember her telling us like I'm walking down to a thousand years I know it's from Twilight but I love that song and every one of us we were like oh we all love that song it's an amazing song it's a good song it's a perfect wedding song like don't feel bad yeah but also I agree like that that is something or and I'll even now that this may be more of Kate Middleton which I know we're going to kind of talk about Megan Mm -hmm. and Harry in a little bit too 
but like the long sleeved wedding dress, yeah. like all of a sudden, cause for so long you had to have like the strapless wedding dress, Oh yeah, sweetheart neckline. And then all of a sudden everyone had long mm-hmm. sleeves. I definitely I think know. that's Kate's fault because that was yeah. 2011. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I had seen, cause I'm a, you know, I was a large girl and I worry about my arms and I don't mm-hmm. want to be, I, even though at that time I was not getting married, I always knew I wanted sleeves for my wedding dress. Mm-hmm. And so to see this, like quote unquote, ideal, beautiful woman in this like sleevey dress. I was like, I want that. And so, yeah, yeah like it definitely mm-hmm. took a few years. I think that they, there were trend or um, fashion trends were saying that there was going to be more interest in a long sleeve dress mm-hmm. after that, but then it didn't really sort of, or didn't really come up into, into fashion for a few more years after that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we're, that answers our question though. I mean, they definitely affect mm-hmm. how people put together their weddings, you know? And I think at some point too, it like, not at some point, but like, I mean, and you could even think of like in steel magnolias and, you know, Julia Roberts having, you know, blush and bashful as her colors yeah, and like, you know, armadillo cake. Yeah. Like, I mean, but that is like, it's like, Oh, what are your colors? Like, it's like the second question. Like when is the, when is the wedding? What's the theme or what are the Mm -hmm. colors? Mm -hmm. And I think that that is really interesting. Um, and it also makes it so that the, the couples are chasing this sort of aspirational goal and sometimes completely right. unattainable because they don't have a Hollywood budget yeah. or the ability to get people to sponsor stuff yeah. for their free wedding. Also, God, weddings are so expensive. I just read the average cost of a wedding in 2021. Oh, no. $34,000. Oh, my gosh. That's so much money. So much money to start your life off of. It was like, <laughs> what are you doing? Bah. Marriage and mortgage, buy a house. (laughs) Right. It I mean, that's a dumb show, but (laughs) buy the house. (laughs) But buy a house. Like (laughs) at this point, like that's essentially how much money you need Mm -hmm. to put on a down payment for a like, you know, I mean, not obviously not everyone, but generally speaking, like that money is oh God, it's a it's one day. It's a day. It's one day. And if you add even more days, it's even more money. Like that's a thing. Right. Yeah. Because now like, yeah. What is this with like it being like an entire wedding? Now weddings are usually like a weekend because there's a rehearsal dinner and then there's the wedding. And then a lot of people do do like a brunch or whatever, Mm -hmm. but now it's like game night with everyone before the rehearsal dinner and then the rehearsal dinner and then the wedding. And then the next day, everybody goes paddle boating or whatever random mm-hmm. thing you find, you know, it's just like, I don't, I don't know. I, I was like, we have like a couple, a few more friends who were like, are they going to get married? Or they not? And it's obviously their choice, but I'm just like, I don't know if I need to go to weddings until like my kid has friends getting married, you know, uh-huh. like, I don't need that. Or like, kind of like those in between, like the cousins who are a little bit younger than me, but are older than my daughter. Like, yep. Oh, it's a lot. It's um, too much. Too many of them. Be like, I'll send a gift card. Yeah. I will say though, one thing that I ha- I did kind of think about while I was thinking about some of my favorite weddings is how a lot of my favorite weddings aren't necessarily the big traditional mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. in a church wedding. They're like the spontaneous surprise weddings or the like, let's just run off and do it. And then we'll come back and tell everyone we got married yeah. or whatever. And so I do think that that has like made like, you know, I mentioned earlier, I know two or three people who have eloped like, and it's not like that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. Like it, it kind of is, but also it's like, yeah, do what you want. Like 
go elope and it just be like the two of you plus your officiant, you know, or, and your witness or whatever, you know, like, it's just, I think that the media has helped with that has helped Mm -hmm. it be like weddings really should be about the, about the people getting married and what they want to do to celebrate this decision that they're making. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great segue to, um, discuss our favorite pop culture weddings. Oh my goodness. I know this was so much fun. I had to stop myself from like putting everything down. It was really, really challenging because it's like, once you start, then you're like, oh yeah. And then there was that other one Uh too. Um, so So many. (laughs) So I'll, um, I'll jump into some of my TV ones and then you can jump in with yours as well. Um, but I, (laughs) I went with the first wedding TV wedding. I, I, this is so silly that it's so iconic. I totally thought of this one too. I remember where I was, what I was doing (laughs) when I watched this episode, this made for TV movie and watched this wedding. I loved it. So I'm uh, like, I'm there right now back in that, that moment. So this is uh, of course, obviously the Kelly Kapowski and Zach Morris wedding on the Saved by the bell TV movie Mm -hmm. from like, I don't know. Was that like 1993 or 94? I something like that. Yeah. I freaking loved it. I loved it so much. I just, I loved her haircut that she had her little Bob and it was so silly. I could not tell you the plot of it, but I just remember that iconic, just like seeing their cute little wedding. I'm just like, I want that. So like, I also remember this. And the reason I didn't put it on my list is because I thought her dress was so ugly. Ugly. Yeah. (laughs) Now she was wearing a short sleeve, which Mm -hmm. was a choice. Um, yeah, it was just, right. She had that, so... that satin short sleeve dress. Yeah. Ooh. It was yeah. not, it was very mid nineties mm-hmm. and it was not cute. No. It <laughs> and very so that's much... why I didn't put it on. Yeah. No, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, this other one is also probably a little controversial just because of mm-hmm. how they met. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, you cannot think of television, iconic television without thinking of Luke and Laura's yeah. wedding on General Hospital mm-hmm. from the early eighties. Um, yeah, of course their, their love story is very distraught, but problematic, uh, very problematic to <laughs> say the least. Um, but, uh, it's, yeah, you, I was not alive to watch it live, but I have seen it multiple times. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I love the eighties on VH1. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then my final TV one, um, and this was a, an episode, these two episodes were ones that we watched so much leading mm-hmm. up to our own wedding, like this Aww. whole season as Jim and Pam are planning theirs, but yeah. Pam and Jim, when they got married on the office, when they went to Niagara Falls and like, yeah, oh, I'm just so crying cute. thinking about it. Like, it's just so sweet. But then to your point, that was something that we brought up about how like the music can affect too. Yeah. Like Chris Brown has one of the most amazing wedding songs and like, it's painful to listen to it because he's so horrible. I know it's terrible. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, how perfect was that, that, mm-hmm. that viral video, like the, you know, the wedding party video on YouTube, I'm going to find it. Yeah. I love that um, video. Wedding party video. Um, anyway, yeah, they, it was like that happened. And then somehow it was like, the people at the office just yeah. like were like that's what we're doing right like, it must have been like what are we going to do for jim and pam's wedding that video went viral and they were like that's that's it, it. that's the one it was just it was one of those perfect zeitgeisty moments yes, it was that just was the- just 
it it yeah i i remember watching that and i just remember hearing the beginning of that song and like my i remember my my, my i don't think we were we marrying them whatever zach was around <laughs> and and i just remember being like i remember hearing the opening lines to that song and i was like oh god they're doing the wedding dance yeah and he was like what are you talking about and i was like okay we're, we're gonna finish watching the office and then i will show you what this Yay. is about this is wild <laughs> i love it i love it so much <laughs> and then when jim turns to the screen he's like the day that video went viral as the day i bought these there's uh, the boat tickets. Yeah. <laughs> Love it so much. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. yeah. What about you? What are your TV ones? Okay. So on TV. So I was thinking about this because I put, first of all, I put Meredith and Derek on Grey's Anatomy because it really wasn't a wedding. They literally like wrote what they liked about each other on a post-it note. And that mm-hmm. was really it. They do eventually actually get married they go to a judge or whatever like a season later or something but it was so funny that that it was for whatever reason it just worked for those two characters like their whole story and then for them to finally become like the couple that isn't in trouble on the Mm -hmm. show was like kind of a turning point and I mean eventually things happen and blah 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 and all that but that really just worked. But I was thinking about Grey's Anatomy has done quite a few weddings mm-hmm. and they're all pretty good. They're all, yeah, they're they all, do a good wedding. They're all pretty great. You know, I mean, aside from like the one of the very first ones with Christina and Burke, when the actor <gasps> who played him got kicked <gasps> off the show for being terrible oh. and she gets like left at the altar oh. out of nowhere and she was devastated and oh. it was just wild and any, everything. Right yeah. He just devastated me. <laughs> But I was just thinking, you know, like they, you know, when Bailey gets married to Ben, like that's Aww. a really good one. And then even Christina and Owen, who eventually break up, but they had a pretty different, like they had a good wedding that eventually wasn't a great wedding. Anyway, maybe they don't do great weddings. They're, they just, but they do a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I was like, they do weddings and they do weddings well and they, and do, they do them well drama. and they're very pretty I mean Jackson and April like he famous like she runs she leaves her fiance at the altar and runs away with him like it yeah it was um yeah that's a show full of weddings now that I think about it man who knew that Grey's Anatomy was such a wedding show I know it's like a um, day bay and so then I think a show though too that has done the surprise wedding Mm-hmm. or different weddings is Parks and Rec because Andy and April, mm-hmm. uh, you know, have a party and invite everyone over and they, it's a wedding, you know, yeah. and Leslie and Ben like kind of randomly get married and, you know, they make her wedding dress out of paper. And, <laughs> um, and then even Ron Swanson and Diane at near towards the end of the of the show like they kind of I think have just like a they go to a judge and it's very cute and no one is dressed and it's kind of impromptu but then Donna who is played by Retta and Joe played by Keegan Michael Key they actually do have like the only planned Mm -hmm. wedding and it's very glamorous like very much in line with her treat yourself kind of very Donna yeah very Donna um (laughs) They and the, but their wedding is really fun, you know, and, and it was like a running joke that like her cousin was genuine and he does come to the wedding, which is great. Um, yeah, so Parks and Rec is also another show full of weddings, but full of weddings, well done, like really fun, yeah. unexpected weddings. Um, 
I absolutely loved David and Patrick's mm. wedding on Schitt's Creek at the very, you know, it was the last episode. It was like the yeah. perfect culmination of the show. It was very sweet and silly. Of course, it's Schitt's Creek. Um, it was great. And then I just, the reason I'm putting this one is because I just watched it because I'm still making my way through uh-huh. the sugar, everyone. <laughs> The reason it's taking me so long is because I'm, I finally hit the pandemic season. So they had a season that was like, that took place during the pandemic. So Ralph Angel and Darla, who have had a very fraught relationship, they have a pandemic wedding, which I thought was Mm -hmm. actually, it was handled really well. It was very small. It was still when like people, even though you, you knew people were safe or, you know, were you kind of, they have their pandemic bubbles, but they were still very distanced. Like I was like this, it felt really real for like just people who I knew who did Mm -hmm. try to have weddings, especially in like late, like, yeah, the summer of 2020 and even in 2021. Um, so yeah, but I thought that was a really special TV wedding too. Oh, that is nice. One of these days I'm going to finish queen sugar. I don't know when. (laughs) it's gonna happen you'll be so sad when you go like next episode and it's like new show <laughs> like whole I new know. show i know I, I just reached this is a my my segue now uh yeah. i or my ta- um tangent um yeah. i'm re-watching abbott elementary right now mm. because i just love that show so much yeah and decided that instead of waiting for new episodes i'll just re-watch start it. over yeah and yeah it's it's the same sort of thing of like i'm just i'm just so happy with these characters i don't want to leave okay yeah sorry that was a random segue let's no, I like it. one memorable tv one that i did not mention um i'm just going to throw it out there real quick because it, it's hard not to remember it is the red wedding from game of thrones yeah um, that's probably the opposite of a good wedding that you <laughs> <want to> do. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but let's jump into movies i know that my first pick is also one of your first picks mm-hmm. too so i'll just um pull off the band-aid yeah. and say that uh, all the versions of my father of father of the bride are yeah. like just so good heavenly um i also it's a little controversial but you know weddings and all that i love my best friend's wedding Julia Roberts and uh, Dolma Maroney and Cam- mm-hmm. very sweet Cameron Diaz. And, you know, <laughs> like, I remember like that was one of those movies where I could just, I think we all just got so mad the first time we watched it because it's like, no, she's supposed to be with this one. But then yeah. as you get older and you realize like relationship powers and stuff, you're like, mm-hmm. oh no, that's the right decision. Like, oh yeah, she was awful and she does not deserve to get what she wants just because she wants it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So my best friend's wedding, uh, bridesmaids. Obviously, I mentioned that last podcast having saw Carney Wilson, but you cannot <laughs> go. Uh, it was another one as I was planning my wedding. I was watching bridesmaids all the time. Uh, so fun, so funny. Um, I love my big fat Greek wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember seeing that movie twice in the theaters in the same day because it was. Oh just my like, gosh! Yeah, I was. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I I needed a life. And then finally, for oh no, I guess not finally. Um. Big and Carrie from Sex and the City, their movie. And I love, I love with their art because you've got the explosive materialistic wedding at the beginning mm-hmm. that he doesn't show up for and, you know, all the heartbreak. But then at the end, when they just elope, yeah. they go to the Justice really of the Peace and they do it the way that they need to do it for themselves. It's mm-hmm. just like, it again goes back to like reminding the couple that it's all about them and yeah. doing what's right for you guys. So I love love that that. that's what they did for each other. And then I'm going to jump over to one of my absolute favorite wedding scenes of all time, Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan 
from at the world's end prior to yeah, being a that's third really movie. fun I mean that scene is incredible that's like the only thing you need to watch from that movie absolutely the <laughs> only thing you need to watch from that movie is that scene and it's so good and he's so like how glisteny he is in that too oh <laughs> so hot okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um okay so mine okay we started out talking about father of the bride I was specifically thinking about the 19 is that 91 91 oh yeah the yeah. Nancy Meyer one Steve Martin yeah um which I know is the remake of the very you know of Elizabeth With Taylor Tracy yeah, but it's such a good, it's just so funny. That was like one of those movies where I can't remember if my parents like went and saw it. And then like when it came out on video, like we all watched it all mm-hmm. together. It was like one of, and I was six in 1991, but I remember watching that movie and just being like thrilled with it. Yes. You know, just yes. it was so funny and so like delightful. Loving that the bride um wore sneakers since her mm-hmm. dad had the sneaker company or the shoe company it was so great um yeah just everything about it I was like this works and I think it is interesting that it's a movie about a wedding that's not focused on like the bride and groom it's yeah, focused it's on, the, on father the, of the bride yeah and I think that that is something that's really that that was just something interesting and mm-hmm. and it was it was pretty cool about you know and the idea of like someone like think I mean it's kind of antiquated but it's also like well that is like kind of an important moment in like a father's life yeah. I think you know sure. where this transition happens you know and and his daughter has to grow up and and go off and start her life so that's really cool um next one I want to mention is crazy rich Asians just mm, because that I love this one wedding specifically that what I mean the whole thing leading up to it but that wedding is just so over the top mm-hmm. beautiful and it's like why is everyone holding weird butterfly light things? Why is there water on the floor? Why is what is happening? Like, why does her dress look like four dresses put into one? Also, why is this the best wedding I've ever seen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just, it was so cool. I loved every minute of it. Um, I also want to, I want to talk about, so JLo has done a number of wedding movies. I was thinking about like the, so the one I was thinking of was the wedding planner, but I also think it's kind of a full circle moment with marry me that just came out, which I still have not seen. Um, but I really want to, but then I was thinking of like monster in law. I feel like almost all of her romantic comedies, like all of her romantic comedies have like a wedding in them. But I do like the idea of, and this is something that you, you see pop up in romance novels like a lot um but the idea of like a wedding planner who is not mm-hmm. not only not married but also like not interested in getting married and is like kind of okay with being single until you know i mean in the wedding planner it's wild that it's like the groom in one of the weddings she's planning like yeah that's actually not okay no but it cool. worked <laughs> it really worked so uh, yeah i really love the wedding planner and then a movie that I think is it's like critically acclaimed and it was pretty well like loved when it came out but I know like a lot of people I personally just know have not seen it but it's called Monsoon Wedding and it's mm-hmm. set in India and it's about like this arranged marriage that's happening um and of course it, and it's like right they're like they're flirting with the beginning of monsoon season so they're like hopefully this wedding will happen before it starts raining mm-hmm it does start raining. I should say like, and there are lots of twists and turns to get these two people to get married. But, um, 
it does start raining and it's just, it's, but it's absolutely gorgeous. Like totally beautiful. But then around the same time too, at the very end of the movie, bend it like Beckham, like speaking of Keira Knightley, they also, there's also an Indian wedding. And I think it was just like having that happen. And then like a couple of years later, I went to an Indian wedding. So like all of this all happened at the same time for me, but like some of those are just my absolute favorite though. And they're, they're just really great movies about Mm -hmm. that. And then also finally, I really love the movie about time. Again, this is another movie where it's kind of problematic when you think about the mechanics yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. But, but it's such a good movie when you're watching it's it. It's such a good movie when you suspend, you know, you you just like leave everything mm-hmm. out and you just you just watch it at face value. Um but yeah, they have a really special wedding. Uh, of the, I should say the concept of about time is about a man who can go back and he can like travel through time, specifically back in time um, and kind of redo things. And the, he finds, so he and his love interest finally do get married and they have a wedding and like anything that could go wrong does go wrong. Like she's pregnant at the wedding. It's raining. That's like the worst storm that's ever happened. Like the food falls over. People aren't there on time. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Everything that could happen happens. And he actually decides, no, I'm like, he asks her, he's like, is there anything about this day that you would want to redo? Because he's like, okay, I'll, we'll go back and I'll make, I'll go back in time and make sure everything is perfect. And she says, no, because this is our wedding. And like, Aww. It's the most thing, like the most perfect day for us because it was our day. And I was like, yeah, oh, it's really special. So sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Love so it. those are movies. Yeah. I love it so much. All right. So I'm going to mention just a couple of uh, just general yeah. real people, pop culture weddings that I both looked at while planning my wedding and just look at as an enjoyer from the outside. Mm-hmm. But first um, for me is hair is Megan and Harry uh, mm-hmm. just because I remember waking up super early that day, putting a nice little bow tie on Ronan and the two of us watched <laughs> their wedding um, yeah. together at about four in the morning. It was awesome. Yeah, it was really, <laughs> but it was a beautiful wedding. So that it was, was really neat. Um, and then I also always, I really think that Beyonce and Jay-Z's wedding photos are amazing. Oh, I know we haven't seen much of their beautiful. wedding, yeah. but those photos are just so beautiful. So iconic. Um, I had a, a couple of friends who got married a few years after they did, and they redid their, they like use Beyonce and Jay-Z's photos as their inspiration mm. for their photos, which yeah, was so nice. cool. Yeah. So it was just really just to see that sort of influence across, mm-hmm. across things. And then, um, ditto for Serena and Alexia when they got married, it's another big pool of a wet, like I remember when she walked out and in hers was like there's like a pool of water it was yeah. very over the top which is so very. funny because I don't I don't ever really think now I do but at the time when she was getting married I never really thought of Serena as this like over the top mm-hmm. like girly girly girl and now like I do but it was yeah. just, like, that introduction for her in that way finally John uh John Jr. and Carolyn Bissett's wedding photos are still just so breathtaking from the early 90s definitely so, pick those guys I love that. <clears throat> okay. Of course I have some books. Um, weddings. Okay. As we've been talking through, I'm going to like back up a second. As we've been talking about all of this, I've been thinking about like the plot lines of a lot of, especially the movies, the mm-hmm. weddings are like two minutes Yeah, in the long run. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's really about the journey to the wedding. Like what happens to get to the end goal of this wedding ceremony and reception. And I was thinking of it because it's like, I think that's why there are so many 
books and not even just romance, but books in general about the lead up to the wedding. And mm-hmm. the weddings are almost always slightly disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> but there are some really great romance, a couple of series, and then some specific books that I do want to mention. Um, possibly the most famous, I mean, and I'm going to say the name and everyone's going to know why, but it's the Bride Quartet series by Nora Roberts of, mm-hmm. of all people. Mm-hmm. But this is about her. This series follows four friends who own a wedding planning company. And each one of them, it's like kind of like what they're dealing with in each book. And then, but by the end, I mean, it's the bride quartet, like all of them end up getting married and it's fine. Um, and I, I haven't read them. Like I should look up. I can't remember when the first book came out. I think came out in like, yeah, 2009, they came out in two, two in 2009 and two in 2010. So it's been a while. I think I read these pretty soon after they came out. Mm -hmm. But they were just so great. The covers are really pretty. Like, it's just, they were really, like, if you're looking for a solid series that's, like, finished and done, The Bride Quartet by Nora Roberts is really great. Another one that's a little bit more recent is The Bridesmaids Behaving Badly series by Jenny Holiday. So in the first book, like, a friend gets married, and I think there are three of them. There are three books. And it's like the three friends who were bridesmaids in that Mm -hmm. first wedding. And it's like, they each got a book. And I think, I believe there's a wedding in each book. Again, I have like, it's a little bit more recent, but they they've been done for at least a couple of years, but they're really, they're really fun. They're set in Canada, which I always find. I always think Canada, Canada is so great just in general. So like, (laughs) I love when Canadian authors like set their books in Canada and it's like very obviously Canadian. Like, I just think that's really fun. Um, yeah. And I really liked all of those books. Like, again, I haven't read them. I haven't reread them recently, but they were all really fun. Um, another book that I've mentioned, I think a couple of times this year is Devon and Chris plan a wedding by Chensia C Higgins. This is like a reality TV show where they have the two main care. The two main characters are participating in this TV show where they have to convince their family that they're getting married to someone they just met and they only have six weeks to do it. And this is, it's a female, female pairing, which is really cool. And it's like, it's never a big thing. One of the characters though, is like kind of using this as an opportunity to come out to her very religious family. So, I mean, I know some people can be sensitive to coming out stories. So I do want to mention that, but it's handled really, it's, I mean, it's very dramatic, Mm -hmm. but in a good way, dramatic, it's very emotional. And it is like this big scene that happens, but I think it's handled really well. And basically, but you know, the whole conceit of the show is like, it's fake. Like they're pretending that they're doing this. And if they can make it to the end, they get all this money. And then, but of course, Devon and Chris actually fall in love in those six weeks. And, and it's really, I don't want to like, obviously they end up together. It's a romance. (laughs) But I don't want to talk about like how it gets to that point. Yeah. It's really good. Um, and then I thought I we could I could talk a couple of minutes about Mia Sosa's books yes. and and the wedding crasher. Cause they're just they're so fun. The worst best man came out in 2020. And it was like at, you know, at this point, every contemporary romance, even to this day, gets marketed, whether it is or not, as a rom-com. Mm-hmm. Mia Sosa's books are actually funny. <laughs> They're laugh out loud funny. The Worst Best Man is about a woman who she's, a, in fact, she's a wedding. She's like an event coordinator, but she wants to focus on weddings. 
And she ends up having like a few years, she gets left at the altar um, and come to find out the best man in the wedding at a few minutes before the ceremony had said, you, you're really sure you want to do this. Right. And the groom decides not to get married. So she hates this guy. A few years later, he ends up, she's up for a new job at this hotel that does like very elaborate weddings. Like this would be a boon to her career. It's amazing. And he works for like the marketing company. That's also like trying to like, I can't remember the exact setup, but they basically have to work together. Mm -hmm. Um, So they both can secure their jobs. And of course that means they're going to fall in love. And then in the wedding crasher, and you know, I'm not going to talk too much about the wedding crasher because we do talk about it with Mia in our interview. Yeah. So yeah, in fact, I think I'm going to take over. <laughs> I'm going to do this job and say, this is a perfect time to segue into our interview with Mia. So we're, we'll be right back. Welcome to the Fresh Fiction Podcast, Mia. We are so happy to have you here. Your contemporary romance series deals with something that brings out the best and worst in people, weddings. I know Danielle and I both probably have our own stories to tell about that. What inspired you to uh, include weddings in The Best Worst Fan and your new book, The Wedding Crasher? So I believe that I am living the life that I wanted to lead. (laughs) At one point, I thought... Wouldn't it be great if I could be a wedding planner? Mm. I've always been uh, obsessed with weddings, quite frankly, just because we've seen it in popular culture. It's probably tied to my love for happily ever afters. And just this notion that a wedding kind of brings together families and friends and is a time for declarations, perhaps not the declaration of the bride and groom, but people who are sort of immersed in that kind of romantic feeling and then feel like they have to make that declaration. There are little things like that. There's so much about weddings that I think um, I've always been in love with. And I actually, at one point when I was practicing law, I remember being at my desk Perhaps I shouldn't disclose this, but I will anyway, (laughs) being at my desk and looking up what it would require of me to become a wedding planner. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, you know, this law practice just isn't the way that I thought it would. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I actually looked into it, the courses you would take. Um, you know, what kind of funding you would need, whether you would actually need a physical office, all of those things that I think find have found their way into the books that I write. So Mm -hmm. it's all about, I think, living vicariously through my characters. Um, And I guess that's the joy of fiction, right? We, uh, you know, we have things that we will not be able to do, or that we think we will never do, but we write about them. And so uh, definitely, I just, it's, I realized as I was going back through my books that probably half of my books Mm -hmm. have weddings in them. (laughs) And it's not that I, you know, think that weddings and marriage, you know, are the end all be all. I don't think that a, you know, a romantic connection needs to end in a wedding it's just that I love them. And so I find ways to put them in and not necessarily for the main couple, the the protagonist in the story, it's for the people surrounding them. And I often do that just because 
I feel like it's a time of celebration and love and it makes people feel giddy, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And it certainly makes me feel giddy. Whenever I go to weddings, I'm like, this is the best. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay. So now I need to know what is your favorite wedding tradition? Wedding tradition. I would say I still remember, and this is very personal. So at my wedding, um, we did, we did do the, um, the removal of the garter mm-hmm. and, you know, the tossing of the garter and we did all of that. However, um, the, the person who caught the garter, mm-hmm. um, sat down and the DJ who was awesome at our wedding actually switched out the woman who caught the bouquet mm-hmm. and um, had the brother. Oh, I love it. Yes, it was the brother of the guy who sat down in the chair. So he had no idea. So he's kind of doing this and he's <laughs> hamming it up for everyone. And really what he was doing was he was lifting his brother's um, pants slack mm-hmm. and kind of like rubbing on the leg. And he's like, and then he like <laughs> lifts it's my brother (laughs) it was was just one of those really fun moments it was Mm -hmm. us not taking that very seriously it's kind of one of those traditions where you're like really really do we have to um but it was nice because we kind of just made fun of it yes Um, you had fun I think everyone had a really good time because everyone was on the joke except the guy who like you know, was that ladies, man? And so it, was perfect, it was a perfect moment. I was just kind of like, this is the best. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Yep. I know weddings are just, I think there, there is something quite frankly, just magical that happens at a wedding, you know, where even though it's like, I think the people who are getting married and the people involved, like they know what happened behind the scenes to get to that day. Right. But like when you're the, when you can go to a wedding and be a wedding guest, you just, it's the best time. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the wedding crasher, it, you know, the story brings together two people who are total opposites. Dean is very buttoned up. He has a plan for every single minute of his day. Um, yes. Solange is a bit more easygoing though. She also has plans that include not being tied down to anything too permanent, um, of course, this means they are meant to be together. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course, yeah. What do you like about an opposites attract storyline? Um, I think it's the idea of the possibilities. It's the the thing that I love about romance in general, and then an opposites attracts romance is that it forces you to go beyond, you know, the cover of the book, right? It's, Mm -hmm. you know, you, everybody thinks, well, this is the person and clearly this person isn't meant for me because we don't match. And for me, the joy is like taking that protagonist and saying, Mm -hmm. challenge accepted. I'm going to show you you're dead wrong. And what I love about their story in particular is that I conceive of it as kind of um, accepting that sometimes the detour can be your destination. And there's a line in the book where 
Max, who's Dean's best friend, says that very thing. And it's basically the theme of the story that sometimes you think there's a plan for you and that plan can be blown up. And it's a lovely thing that you actually get to where you need to be. And I think that's what opposites attract romances really do. They show you kind of whatever you thought, you're dead wrong. And we know, and we know with protagonists in romance novels, right? They're, they're they just they're just wrong from right. the beginning. <laughs> something that they do not understand that they eventually need to understand. And you know, I think in this particular instance, it's sort of like it it ratchets it, it ratchets up that kind of tension that's sort of like absolutely not this person, no way can they be for me. Right. And kind of makes you realize like how much stronger they're going to be once they realize you don't have to have like a person who is identical or a person who you think is going to be uh, perfect for you. It's actually the, the reason why that person is perfect for you is because they challenge you and they make you think differently. And um, they, they make you lose your head. And that's, I mean, that's what happens to Dean. And it's, it's so fun to watch. And, yeah. so, and it was certainly fun to write. Awesome. Yeah, I think as a reader, I love it when it's like, you know, you, you're just seeing this character be like, nope, this is not going to work. But in this instance, it's like, we have to put on this show, like we've got to pretend we're together. And the whole time they're like, no, 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 this is not it. And we're just like, you are, you know, you want to shake right. them. You're like, you're yeah. going to be together. It's going <laughs> to happen. Just stop it. Exactly. <laughs> Get your acts together. Yeah. Um, right. So opposites attract, of course, you know, I mean, this is the ongoing, I think, conversation right now in romance, but it's about tropes. Opposites attract is a very, I think, popular trope because it fits in so many different scenarios. So um, what are some of your favorite romance tropes, both to write and to read? Um, to, so it's really interesting. Well, I'll, I'll start with a trope that I thought I didn't like. Until I read a book that made me fall in love with it, uh, which is Friends to Lovers. Mm. I oh, I don't know why, um, but there is, for me, this sense that if the couple has already met and engaged um, with each other for a long period of time, mm. which is often the case in Friends to Lovers stories, that the the passion and the spark should have happened by then and I'm kind of like eh, they've met each other I kind of mm -hmm. want to see the sparks of them first meeting and then I realized that there's a different kind of spark and the spark is realizing this person who I firmly held in the friend zone actually is not just my friend but I have a romantic uh, connection with them as well. And that's a different kind of spark. Mm -hmm. And it can be a really sexy spark. And it can be a really fun spark when you're kind of, again, saying like, get it together, people, can't you see your meds? So it, it was just me kind of rethinking what I thought about the trope. Um, and so that that's fun. But I love fake dating. Yeah. Um, I just think it's such a delicious trope. Mm -hmm. Just because it forces people to fake a connection uh, when they're trying really hard to say that 
the actual connection that they have doesn't exist. <laughs> and I think there's so many opportunities for delicious tension, chemistry, all of those things that I love to read in a romance. So I, I eat those stories up. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones that really, I, you know, there is this, there's a difficult one and it's the, it's the grumpy sunshine trope. Mm -hmm. I love it. And, but there's like a nuance to it, which is that a lot of times there's like the grumpy with everyone except you. Yeah. And like that one, I'm kind of like, it has to be done really well, I think, because mm -hmm. grumpy with everyone except you can sometimes be like, I don't know if you're like a really good person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Like, yeah. why are you this way? Yeah. Um, I like the kind of, maybe it's the misunderstood grumpy person where everyone thinks that they're grumpy um, and they're not really, but the fact that they kind of light up and turn into a different person with their love interest, that's the thing that's kind of yummy and that I love to read about. Yeah, that's awesome. That so much. Yeah. Um, well, Solange's vivacious family is a big part of this novel between her meddling mom and her aunts, her cousin, who also is her best friend, um, and extended family members who keep coming to visit. There's a cast of secondary characters throughout The Wedding Crasher that we are just in love with. Who were some of your, um, who were some of the side characters that stole the show while you were writing? And what do you love about that person? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let's see. Um, I would say... Natalia, mm -hmm. who's the um, wild and vivacious cousin. Um, she is modeled after one of my cousins. She's not, you know, this isn't my cousin on the page, but so much of her personality reminds me of my own cousin, who mm -hmm. is one of my best friends. And um, just the fact that she has no filter and the fact that she uh, loves big, like, I just think she mm -hmm. kind of takes over a scene when she's in it. And um, I definitely fell in love with her in The Worst Best Man and even more so in this book. And then the newest secondary character, uh, Brandon, mm -hmm. who's Solange, Solange and her, her aunt's uh, just to be clear, because it's going to go back and forth. I know when mm -hmm. I talk about this, um, would uh, pronounce her name Salangi. I do. I do both. Um, uh, she, Brand Brandon, is kind of that that friend that I think in my mind I wish I had. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't. I don't have that male friend who. I can tell anything to, but, and, and I, well, I, I should backtrack because I would, I would say my husband is my male friend who I can tell everything yeah. to, but this is a purely platonic relationship where Brandon is supportive and protective and uh, wants the best for his best friend. And he's charming and it, he 
has his own issues and his own insecurities. And it's just, he just feels so full to me, Mm -hmm. you know, like a a character who I'm like, okay, where's your story? Is your story going to happen next? You know, kind of, he, he, again, um, often I have these characters that kind of hijack a story and I'm kind of like, oh my gosh, where are you going? And where are you trying to take me? No, rope it in. I'm telling your story in this book. I have to figure out um, how to make you um, interesting and important to the story, but not have you completely take over the story. And that was Brandon, me pulling him back and going like, no, I don't need to put him in this scene too, because Mm -hmm. he was already in many scenes so he is definitely a standout character for me in the wedding crusher and I I mean I can go on and on but like the chias the chias are like they they are an embodiment of my family again Mm -hmm. I've told this story often about uh the worst best man being inspired by my mother and her two sisters coming from Brazil and uh, finding a new life here and succeeding and supporting this village of cousins. And they kind of take over the scenes that they're in Mm -hmm. as well. It's just because it feels like, like an actual world. And it's because it's, I think, my world. And so I'm putting in many instances, my world on the page, how they would react, how they would react to a situation, how they interact with each other. There is this playfulness, but there's also always this uh, support that is clear and never wavers. And so, you know, when you see them and you're kind of like, wow, they're they're, they're, they're these amazing women and they've done so much and, and yet they love life and, you know, um, have this humor about them with each other and with their children. It's just, it's totally what I grew up with. And so I just put it in there. In that instance, I am actually writing what I know. Yeah. That's so cool. I mean, all of, I love this conversation because I feel like I, I feel like this when I, or felt like this, when I read also the worst best man too, it's just that the side characters are just so well-developed and they Mm -hmm. just, they aren't just like kind of like, not that this happens in every book, but like a lot of times they can be caricatures and they, they serve Mm -hmm. like one single purpose. But I think in both of these books, especially by you, which I I mean, I've read most of your books. So, um, (laughs) but yeah, they, the side characters are so well-developed and they really like deepen the rest of the story, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. And, and it feels really cool. So, yeah. And it's, and it's intentional. Um, One of the things that I often talk about is the importance, at least in my stories, to create a world in which these protagonists live that is full and that underscores that they're independent people as well. Mm-hmm. That, you know, when they're not around their love interest, they yeah. are doing things and they are interacting with people and they are having solid relationships and they're learning from people it's mm-hmm. it's life right mm-hmm. so I try to you know as ridiculous as some of the scenarios are because there are ridiculous scenarios <laughs> and there's stuff that's like completely implausible 
But what I hope is that at every moment, despite the ridiculousness of the situation sometimes that I put my characters in, that the characters themselves feel real mm -hmm. and the way that they interact with people in the world feels real. So that's what I attempt to do. And it's, yeah. you know, I think what it does is, you know, readers become enamored with the secondary characters as much as mm -hmm. the of interest because they're like, I want to see these people again. And yep. who's gonna get, you know, yeah. and it's, and that's, that's the fun of it, right? You want to create yeah. this world. I think a lot of times with contemporary romance, people don't think that we're world building, you know, world building is associated with like paranormal romance or with, you know, sci-fi or whatever. And I, I think a, an author who is uh, really doing their job is building a world in contemporary romance as well. And, you know, that world needs to be filled with secondary characters who are doing things on the page um, who are testing and challenging the love interest, who are making them think differently about the things that they've long held, those beliefs, those, you know, wrong beliefs <laughs> that mm -hmm. they've held for a long time that, you know, lead to the backstory that is ultimately going to um, change over the course of the story. I just think that's all part of what we do. And that's part of our craft. Yeah. 100% agree. So speaking of like the characters, not just always being with the love interest, mm -hmm. um, work is a really important part of this story. So Dean is up for partner at his law firm, Solange, I'm going to say it the right way. Solange is trying to decide what direction she wants her career to go. You know, she may possibly move away from DC where her family is. So what do you think their occupations reveal about them as characters throughout this book? That's a great question. <laughs> so for Dean, I think it's, it's very much that his occupation is not necessarily something that is his passion, mm -hmm. that is bringing him joy, that makes him wake up in the morning and rush to um, the office, what his occupation is doing for him is it's giving him security. It's mm -hmm. giving him the sense that he is on the right path. It's giving him the sense that this is something that he'll be able to rely on because he hasn't had people in his life who he can rely on. So what we learn over the course of the story is that um, his occupation is actually a crutch. Mm -hmm. And that is often the case, right? We get so immersed in what we do. And for mm -hmm. some people, it becomes their identity. And so when you strip them of that position, occupation, career, whatever, they look around and go, who am I? Mm -hmm. yeah. you know, because it's all wrapped up in their occupation. And that is very much Dean. And sometimes, you know, I think it's really important to explore what your occupation does for you, but also what it doesn't do for you. Mm -hmm. And in Dean's instance, it's not giving him what he thinks it's giving him. And he needs to learn that over the course of the story. So, and with, and I should be clear, I wanted to tell you, you were saying Solange and that's not wrong. I'm just <laughs> okay. saying very much a case that like, I know that this character in the U.S. would say would would say I'm Solange, and okay. that her her family would be like, "No, you're Solange." Okay, <laughs> and that 
And that's part of the dynamic. And it's, so it. it's got it. Okay. <laughs> and that's when I say that I'm saying like, that's very real because yeah. we do have a Solange in our family who is <laughs> Solange to some and Solange to others. And oh, it's like funny. The yeah. generational divide. It's like, really? okay, we know where you are on that divide. So yeah. it's, not wrong. Okay. It's, okay. It's, more so it's it's the the background, but for awesome. for Solange, I would say um, that her occupation, and, and again, she needs to learn this same lesson is mm-hmm. is very much kind of a, a way to exist, but not really um, kind of immerse herself and create attachments. So she looks for ways that she can have a job, but not necessarily have connections to that job, you know, and certainly not to the people who are in that environment. And she, you know, she finds herself, um, you know, questioning over the course of the story, what she wants to do with her life. And part of what is stopping her from realizing her full self is that she doesn't want to make those connections. She's afraid to make those connections because when you make those connections, you get disappointed if those connections are taken away from you. And Mm -hmm. so she's got to learn that, you know, that story as she's got to learn that lesson as well. So for her, it's not so much that her occupation is her personality, which Mm -hmm. is Ian's issue. It's more so her occupation is the, the environment in which she needs to learn. You need to let this go. You need mm-hmm. to create real connections. You need to kind of take that risk with people. Cause if you don't take that risk with people, then there's not going to be any payoff and she needs to get to the payoff. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Well, switching gears a little bit, something that we take very seriously at the Fresh Fiction Podcast is what's making us happy. Um, is there something that's been bringing you comfort and joy that you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, let's see. Right now, I am mm-hmm. absolutely speaking of weddings because um, I cannot escape them. But what Yay. is bringing me joy right now is Love Is Blind mm-hmm. on, on Netflix. Um, I have been watching it, and it is it's a it's so interesting to me how we really do um, eat up this kind of journey of love, the yes. notion of meeting your person, the you know the possibility of um, finding someone and then getting married, and and for people who are listening and don't know anything about this show, <laughs> basically the premise of it is. The people who sign up for this experiment, they go into pods and they are separated by a wall and they have conversations with strangers who are, I mean, ostensibly looking for love in the same way that they are. And the idea is that uh, potentially, and I think it's within a month, I'm not sure about the exact timeline, but I think it's a month. Um, You either are in love with this person enough that you want to ask them to marry you, Mm -hmm. or you kind of, you know, leave the experiment unsuccessfully. And then you see your fiance for the first time, um, 
once you've like actually decided that you're going to get married, then they reveal each other and then spend the next month kind of getting to know each other now that they have seen each other. And it's so fascinating. And I mm-hmm. don't know, you know, I also watch the bachelor franchise. Um, and so there is so much of that, that is production, right? Production yeah. controlling what happens. And we all know that what's hard for me to figure out because there, there aren't that many seasons of this show is how much of it is fabricated, right. how much of it actual connections, how much of it is cut. Now you need to have a, a fight or, you know, so it's, it's unclear to me. So right now, all I'm doing is absorbing it, but it is fascinating because you sit there and, and I've had conversations with some of my friends who are also romance authors about this show, about the, the, the work that needs mm-hmm. to be done in order to make a romantic connection work in order to make a relationship work and all of the things that as romance authors we do to show on the page that when you uh, close that book that that happily ever after is solid and then you watch this show and they're standing there in front of the wedding officiant and I'm screaming at the television. No, do not do this. It is clear you guys are not a good match. Yeah. And it's just so fascinating because if you want to show why people should not get married, this is the perfect show to do it. Uh-huh. And yet when you see the couple of romances that actually do work and there's one from the first uh season that is kind of like everyone's um you know favorite couple Mm -hmm. it 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 seems like it has worked for them and so everyone's kind of I think people are grasping onto that they're like oh it can work yeah and then you see this season and it's like I mean, it's a train wreck in many instances, but it's all fascinating to me. And I just, I just enjoy it just because, you know, I'm immersed in it and I can talk to my friends about it, but also like everything that has weddings or Mm -hmm. some kind of romantic component, I always bring it back to craft. And it's so funny. Like I can't not do it anymore. So I'm talking with romance authors and I'm like, so what's going on in this relationship? And here's, you know, here's mm-hmm. his backstory. And here's her backstory. And this is the lesson that she needs to learn. <laughs> and this is the lesson he needs to learn. And so probably I couldn't have these conversations with anybody else other yeah. than like romance authors. because They would be like, what is wrong with you? Just watch the show. <laughs> But that's not me. I'm actually mm-hmm. looking at it and it's, it's always, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's inspiration, mm-hmm. it, you know, but, it, but also it's, it's just fun. It's fun to actually see the weddings and, and they actually do have a wedding. Um, and some of them don't go through with it mm-hmm. and some of them do. And it's just, 
it's just been fun. And also they drop, you know, like five episodes so I can completely binge it and then <laughs> on with my life, which is what I need right now. I can't <laughs> devote too much time to any one thing, but this, Absolutely. This, is, this is actually a lot of fun for me. I love that. So, um, you know, your next phase of your career can be the story, the head story writer for Love is Blind to keep these. I gotta tell you. They've gotta have them. <laughs> I, you know, I have been thinking about this. I would love the opportunity to write a rom-com script hmm. like, and I think that's the reason why um like with the worst best man and the wedding crasher when I wrote both of those books oftentimes I had to visualize kind yeah. of the scenes and I told myself if it didn't work visually then I didn't want it in the book no. because I wanted to be able to see it in my head as a movie, because I also think that works better for audio. And, you know, and I, I just envisioned readers listening to it and thought, mm -hmm. can they visualize this? What's weird about this scene? So there was so much of that that I became immersed in as I was writing these two books. And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be fun if I just like pared this down, this exercise, and wrote it for the screen. So, you know, maybe that'll be like, you know, five years from now. Absolutely. Write my first script. It'll be fun. Yes, I love it. Let's manifest this because mm -hmm. I think that <laughs> there's room for them. Let's do it. Seriously. Yes. <laughs> so, I love, you know, so we're kind of wrapping things up, but um, if you can share with us, we would love to know like what you have coming next. So <laughs> I can't really say what's coming next yet. Okay. Um, <laughs> there is something coming next, but I'm not at liberty yet mm -hmm. to announce it. Because okay. um, so, I want to be sure that like all is settled. Um, yeah. But what I am envisioning in my head is a lot of fun. And I, you know, as soon as I am able to share, I absolutely will share. But right now I'm kind of like, mm. <laughs> yeah, no, there's, more, we'll there's more fun to come. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely we'll link to um, all your social and your website and everything. So everyone knows yeah. to follow you so we can all hear what's happening. Yes. Right. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Well, and that is a good way before we say goodbye to you, Mia, how can readers stay in touch with you and connect with you online? Uh, let's see. Definitely my website, uh, miasosa.com. There's also at the bottom of each page, a handy way to subscribe to my newsletter. And I am most active on Instagram and Twitter to a lesser extent lately, but you can still find me there from time to time. And Facebook is very sporadic. So really find me on Instagram through my newsletter, which I will definitely include updates about things going on um, soon. And uh, I definitely will be doing quite a number of events um, in April. So people will be able to look at my um, events page on my website and they'll be able to see where I will be appearing. Let's jump into our goals. That's what we're at that part of the episode where we are, you know, checking in with how we're staying, we're staying accountability buddies and yeah. checking in and uh, seeing how we're doing. So Danielle, do you want to update us on your goal from last episode? 
Yeah. So I said I was going to read a nonfiction book. Um, I did not do that. <laughs> and you were right, Gwen. You told me I should just choose one. Yep. <laughs> not even read it. Nope. So I did choose one. I'm going to read. Um, oh my gosh. I just blanked on the name. It's the new Gabrielle union. I don't, I was oh, fine. this is my most anticipated book. Um, Hang on. Now I got to pull it up because I feel like I should say the title of her book. Is she, did she write it or is it? It's, just her, it's, it's, it's her second memoir. So a few years ago, Gabrielle Union put out a book called We're Going to Need More Wine. And it was mm. basically just like a memoir about her getting started in Hollywood and, and everything like that. And now she has a new memoir called You Got Anything Stronger. <laughs> and it's like, I think it, it like delves into it, goes into more about her infertility struggles and how she, you know, they, they did have a baby via surrogate and mm-hmm. like her relationship with Dwayne Wade and his family and, you know, mm-hmm. his kids from his previous mar- relationships and marriages and, and things like that. So I'm going to read that because it's been on my list for a long time and I just haven't read it yet. Yeah. Sounds I'm like gonna, a perfect- I'm going to read that. I don't know when that's going to happen. I'm going to try and do it in the next couple of weeks. I think it can happen. That's my new goal. Um, I'm jumping the gun here. Um, (laughs) But I do want to give another update. I did clean my desk. Yes. Which was like a goal from two, maybe even Mm -hmm. three episodes ago, which I just did not do. And I was like, I had resigned myself to having a gross desk. And I did, I cleaned it. I took everything off. I dusted, I got new file folders. Yes. And yeah, just like stuff, like went through doors. Like I was very committed. Um, I also was procrastinating about doing book revisions. So yeah, you know, that's how you, it's how creativity forms. (laughs) Yes. And that just reminds me to, I'm opening up the drawers next to me and my desk. I'm like, oh yeah, I got to clean these out. Yeah. Yeah. See, there you go. So yes. (laughs) That, that, so yeah, so, and then I will just, I'll go ahead and say my new goal is to actually read You Got Anything Stronger by Gabrielle Union. Mm-hmm. Okay. How we'll, about you? We'll check in. All <laughs> yeah. right. So last episode was to uh, pack up kitchen things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, as I'm sitting next to a, a box of my China, I did do that. And I, Good. oh my God, Danielle, I got these, like, these, this should be my comfort, but I'm not going to use it as my comfort. Um, I got these like dish box things. I don't know. I, I would know show exactly them. What you're talking about. They're amazing. They're amazing. Yeah. They're, they're so cool. cool. I put all of my dishes in them. Now I'm like, it's so easy to lift everything. So I got it for the China and then I was like, oh, I have extras. So now I use them for all the plates and everything yep. else. And it's amazing. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. They're so great. They're so great. <laughs> and they're so pretty. Like I was really impressed for like an Amazon basic purchase, how like nice yep. they were. I'm like, okay, well, yeah. thank you, Amazon. Thank you. Right. So yeah. So packing up my kitchen things, my new goal, uh, in this, you know, it's just the story of March is to continue is to finish packing. Cause we yeah. are, by the time this episode will air, I will be editing it and publishing it from my new location. Mm. Um, but as of right now, I'm still in yeah. the old location and it is not packed all the way <laughs> at all. Cliff has done a lot of work. I have not done a lot of work. I made food this week. <laughs> Yeah, you yeah, you got a lot to do in what like a day. 24 hours. Yeah, the the movers will be here at nine o'clock uh Sunday morning. It is 8:42 Saturday morning. Yes. But I get it done. It's in, in Godspeed. Um, <laughs> no, it'll happen. It has to happen. You don't have a choice. Exactly. And that's the thing. I keep saying I'm like, it's gonna happen. It has to happen. And then we have whatever we don't get moved tomorrow, we'll move ourselves. 
Yes. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that is it for me. Um, but let's jump into our comforts before we say goodbye to each other. Danielle, yeah. what has been bringing you comfort this week? So instead of reading my nonfiction book, I've been reading old romance novels. Oh, I love that. <laughs> um, I am directly influenced by the podcast, Learning the Tropes. They love mm-hmm. reading old school romances. Um, and so they very recently read Morning Glory by Laverl Spencer, which came out in 1989. My mom is a huge Laverl Spencer fan. Like, I used to like famously, you all know, I used to steal my mom's romance novels, but even I knew not to take the Laverl Spencer ones because uh-huh. she would have known yeah. I had taken them. Like mm-hmm. if I had taken any one of them, she would have been like, where is morning glory? Something is moved. <laughs> yes. Like she would have known. So I just remember I called her cause I learning the tropes does a great thing where they like tell you in advance, like what they're planning on reading with the, you know, the idea that you could read it too. And then yeah. so I knew that they were reading it and I was like, Oh, maybe. And it sounds like they read the description. I was like, this sounds really interesting. It's like, I bet my mom has it. So I called her and I was like, do you have morning glory by Laverelle Spencer? Or no, I didn't call her. I texted her because she was just like, yes. <laughs> and that was it. I was like, okay, can I borrow it? And it was just like, yes. And then I was like, <laughs> Okay, I'm coming Ooh, over tomorrow okay. after I drop Ivy off at school to pick it up. Is that okay? <laughs> yes. So I was like, okay. So, and then <gasps> she like found it on her bookshelf and then stayed up till like three in the morning reading, reading it, it before it giving it to you so much. So I, so yeah, so I'm almost, I'm reading it very slowly because I just, it is really good. Like mm-hmm. it's great. So I'm enjoying that. And then I also at Love Sweet Arrow, like a month or two ago, I picked up a used copy of Suddenly You by Lisa Kleypas, which came out in 2001, which is weird that to call it old school, but it really is. I mean, like, that's 20, 20 I know. Years? It feels like a <laughs> <different> time. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> I not that one yet, but it comes highly recommended from some of my book club members, like Jen and Hannah. They both like, were like, oh no, you need to, they were like, you need to read this. Like you will love it. So I was like, all right. So all right. I'm, I'm probably going to finish up Morning Glory today and hopefully start Suddenly You this afternoon or this evening. And that cool. should be really fun. Please tell me about your comfort. I need to know more. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So I have just, I'm at that point where, you know, you got to fuel yourself with whatever you can. I'm just comfort eating yep. all things. Um, but my comfort is this little kiosk. Com- well, cookies in general, everybody should just be eating cookies, get your favorite cookie. You deserve yes. a cookie. Treat yourself as, as Donna would say. Um, but last night I swung by, there's a little kiosk down the street near our little beach that mm-hmm. sells cookies and you can like walk up to it or drive through and you can get like six cookies, 12 cookies. And they're just like, awesome. they're just normal little ones, but I got chocolate chip. No, no. I didn't even bother with a chocolate chip. I got oatmeal craisin, mm. um, salt and sweet, which is like, or salty sweet, which has like pretzel bits in it and like extra oh, salt yeah. in the, in the actual like batter. It's so delicious. Um, a s'mores one, a peanut butter one, you know, to be elegant snickerdoodle, always a good, always yes. a favorite. Yeah. Just tried to get all of my favorites and, um, ate them all last night and passed out. <laughs> so um, I'll be eating more of them today. Yeah. That sounds amazing. I love cookies. I do too. I think I just, I, yeah, I want to say I love cake more, but I just really am always gravitating towards a cookie. Yeah. I really love a cookie. I love a cookie tray. (laughs) 
Anytime I can order a cookie tray for anything, I'm like, oh, yeah. yes, please. <laughs> must must take it. a cookie tray. Well, ah, that brings us to the end, Danielle. This was so much fun as always. I know this was really fun. Yeah. But you guys can always follow us on all the socials at Fresh Fiction. And you can find me at Real Vixen and Danielle, where people can, where can people find I'm, I'm at D Jackson Books. Awesome. And then guys, make sure you can always email us at podcast at freshfiction.com. And finally, please rate, review, subscribe, um, smash that like button, do all the things that you need to do to uh, support us. It really, really makes a big difference. And it also just helps us know what we, uh, what topics you want to hear from us and what topics uh, you don't want to hear from us, but you know, maybe we'll talk about this anyway. We don't really care. Um, or it's also just to say hi. So we appreciate that. We appreciate your, your listings and your views and your, and all that. So thank you so much. And until next time, Danielle, happy reading. Bye.